You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 41, the fantastic return of Roger Specks Byrne. Chicago. Criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that promises is not cheating on you with another podcast. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. Uh, we are back again for a brand new episode of the Savage Fincast. We got a uh, bit to talk about. It's gonna. It's uh, just me and Craig again. Uh, Raven still trapped in Dimension X. We hope to uh, hear from him again someday. He promises he'll be on the next one. So I know everyone looks forward to his humorous tones. Yes, he is missed. Um, you been up to anything lately, Craig? Uh, absolutely not. No, absolutely. I just came back from a uh, vacation in San Diego, which San is, Diego. yeah, I was a week late to, to Comic-Con, but no, my wife had a, a work convention in San Diego and it was kind of, kind of weird to be there. She was at the same hall, convention hall as the Comic-Con a week really? later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, That's kind nothing of, crazy. kind of funny, ironic-y. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a working trip, vacation, not? Uh, yeah, vacation. I brought... I brought my kids and my wife was at a work convention, so I watched the kids. You go to the did... zoo? Yeah, the zoo and I guess SeaWorld. I don't know if I should mention that now. It seems like everyone hates that place now. Yeah, but... I don't really have an opinion <laughs> about SeaWorld anymore. Uh, and a bunch of uh, uh, different parks. I tried to go. They have a uh, The public library there had an art show on one of their floors of the Comic-Con art and the history of comic-con through the years yeah and uh the one day i went there like every day it opened at noon and the one day i went there on a thursday it didn't open till two and we had somewhere else to be so i was kind of bummed out about that but that's a real bummer yeah but other than that uh well at least you gotta go on a trip yeah yeah how about you uh well I started um, – I, I didn't mention it last episode because uh, with the interview, we were kind of busy and didn't really have time to talk about things. But uh, I've started a second podcast. I thought you did talk about that or was that just us talking off the air? I think that was <laughs> us talking off the air. OK. So tell me a little bit about it. Well, it's called Weekly Comics Monthly and its Ooh. entire purpose is to review weekly comics, specifically 2080, the British weekly anthology, uh, sci-fi anthology – and Weekly Shonen Jump, the Japanese uh, action-adventure anthology. Both both comics are anthologies. Both are weekly. Uh, I'm doing it with a guy called uh, Zach Hawkins, who is an internet friend of mine, which, like Craig and Raven before, uh, I met them through the internet, through Common Fandom. Uh, and we've uh, basically, we hit it. We, actually, you guys have heard from Zach Hawkins. If you listen to our... Uh, the mini-sode, Our, right? our mini-sode, that's and, it, yeah. Uh, he was uh, he was interested in uh, Savage Dragon, and I uh, decided to record his uh, his first impressions. And uh, actually, that in, that little interview kind of springboarded this new this new podcast, and it just sort of rolled from there. 
We're uh, currently on our second episode, and so I don't know if anyone out there is interested in things like One Piece or Naruto or uh, uh, Judge Dredd. That's cool. Um, so this is once a week, then you're doing the well, podcast as yeah, well? or Well, no. The idea is we call it Weekly Comics Monthly because there are oh, comics gotcha. and we all have right, a monthly they're... show. We yeah. recap all the stuff that happened the previous four weeks. Sweet. Uh, unfortunately, our second episode ran two and a half hours long, so I'm currently thinking about reconfiguring the format. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the amount of content uh, was unexpectedly more than I anticipated. I think what I'm going to try and do is split the show in two. And every two weeks, do one book or the other. Very cool. And that way, it's still monthly, and it's still about weekly comics. It's just I'm not doing both magazines at the same time. What's the website? Oh, uh, it's uh, really easy. It's uh, w, wait, net. So it's part of the Gutter Trash Network right along with the Savage Fincast. Uh, there actually should be a link on the Savage Fincast uh, home site. They'll take you directly to it. Cool. So that's what I've been doing. So you've been pretty busy. Yeah, I've been trying to be busy. Trying to keep myself busy. I've also been, you know, reading a lot of comics. I've been catching up on a lot of uh, uh, 2000 AD related stuff. I uh, I kind of got into this little habit of building my... I, I read all my comics digitally, and uh, all the 2000 AD comics uh, are DRM free. So yeah. that means I can take the files and I can... Cause, they're weekly anthologies, so every week there's like five five different series, and each of them's got a chapter, and the chapters run about like six or seven months. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm breaking them up, and I'm making like mini trades of all the of all the stories, so I don't have to like download the entire issue just to read one chunk. Right. Like I could read the whole thing in one whack. So I've kind of been spending a lot of time just kind of going through files and renaming stuff and putting them together. So since you collect digitally, at some point do you – or are you like burning them all to CD and putting them in like some kind of book or something like – you know no, what I mean? No, no. Like, or you just no. keep them on your hard drive? I, I have a backup. I, I have a Cloud, second huh? hard drive for backing up just where I put all of my files just to make sure if one hard drive fails, I don't lose everything in one whack. But it, I organize everything by series and, fi- and, 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 and name and year and all that stuff. So it's just like file and real com- print comics. It's just – yeah, they're all in folders, and I can carry them all on a on a single uh, thumb drive. Very cool. I think I think it's cool that you're doing a podcast that's so specific. I, well, I think we do that- this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's I actually- just a lot of podcasts out there where people just are like reviewing random, you know, Marvel or DC comics, and it's like there's just too many of that, or just yeah. doing comic book news, or True. you know, it's like it's nice to see. You know, well, real specific niche kind of podcasts because it's, it's a double-edged sword, unfortunately, because it's both. It is, you know, you are more focused, but by being more focused, it means people who aren't interested in those two things are less likely to gravitate towards it. It's like this. It's like this podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, on the other side of that is you're too broad, and right, there's just so many podcasts out there that if you're not the best of the best, yeah. you know, it's a struggle. You get lost in the shuffle, definitely. Um, to be honest, I created the second podcast so because it was more broad than yeah. this one, and right. it just gave me more opportunity to talk about more comics. Because while we do review those two books, we do try to find time to talk about other stuff we've read in the, in the last month. Very cool. Just just as additional, usually collected edition stuff, nothing too big. Cool. But yeah, so I'm doing that, and uh, other than that, I'm playing a lot of fighting games, and that's about it. 
<laughs> nice. So, uh, um, I guess this episode, we don't really have much in terms of Eric Larson news. Yeah, I mean, after the interview last week, I mean, I think we've got you know, all the major bombshells out of the way. And I he, guess... He keeps working on new issues. Yeah, so no news could be good news. I mean, it seems like he's pumping out new solicitation after new solicitation, new cover after new cover. So yep, he's trying to uh, trying to keep up. He's putting the focus all on on uh, the Malcolm Dragon book, you know, which is cool. I think he's really energized about it. So yeah. So I guess that means we should skip to our interesting conversation segment. Sure. Which I want to give a shout out to everyone that's on the Facebook pages, the Savage Dragon fan page, and the Eric Larson fan page on Facebook because they really came through in short. Yeah, we asked for some questions and we had a bunch, uh, so we couldn't, we can't get to them all just for the sake of time. But uh, we'll uh, we'll get to a few of them. And uh, this week's uh, the question that we selected for this episode was uh, posted by James Berger, who asked, uh, Savage Dragon has a long history of prominently featuring minorities and police officers. With all of the incidents in the news lately, should Eric address what's happening within the pages of Savage Dragon? Which, uh, it really reminded me of the beginning of Savage Dragon in the first trade. And I actually... uh, I had to uh, call uh, or text Gavin and and get his input on this. But back in November of 92, um, the Image uh, Comics Company was supposed to put out a one-shot fundraiser called Operation Urban Storm. Did you know anything about this? I have vague recollections about it. Well – I remembered about it, and and this has to do with, and this is how it ties in with this, is that Eric was addressing kind of racism and you know specifically like uh, like police brutality and stuff like that uh, because of the L.A. riots in '92. Right. Um, this I was a little young at that time. I wasn't. Really- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm an old man now, so I'm showing my age a little bit. But uh, this was addressed in the early pages of Dragon. So Dragon, I you know terms of being ahead of the curve you know or whatever with this question eric had already has already done this you know back in 92 so this operation urban storm uh one shot actually never came out surprise surprise because it, it was i think that's why i know about it <laughs> those vaporware type type missing comics that was supposed to come out and never did yeah yeah this is supposed to have like all the different image uh, artists uh, or creators well, there's uh, characters. right there yeah so I uh, to refresh my memory, I looked it up and I found uh, I think Comic Book Resources did a story on it, like uh, the history of the Image way back, and I found a little excerpt about it. So Operation Urban Storm was scheduled as a one-shot fundraiser for the Rebuild LA Foundation. In the wake of the Rodney King riots, Image banded together to produce a comic to raise money for the rebuilding effort. Uh, the city is in flames, the solicitation copy read. There's a panic in the streets, and even the combined might of the image heroes may not be enough to put an end to the senseless violence and confusion. The book never materialized, and uh, for Eric's contribution to it, he uh, he had a story between uh, Dra- when Dragon first got on the force, he had a kind of an interaction with Howard Neisman, the old kind of racist tough guy cop. You yeah. remember him? 
So uh, the page is, you know, of course, the Operation Urban Storm trade or one shot or whatever never came out. But Eric put it in his first uh, trade paperback. He put the extra pages that that didn't show up in that book. Is that the one where he gets kicked in the balls? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. So that yeah. sequence. So Howard Nisman. I did not know that wasn't supposed to be there. Well, I mean, yeah, it was just added afterwards because it didn't go into the Urban Storm book. Okay. Um. So Howard Nisman kind of Dragon joins the force and he's cordial with everyone. Hey, how you doing? He's meeting all the cops and you know Nisman gets in his face and I think calls him a freak and. You know, is racist towards Dragon for being a freak, I guess. And it's like, it's kind of like a little lesson learned in there about racism and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it all ties in with the L.A. riots in a way. I see. So Dragon basically put, puts Neisman in his place. But, yeah, so so uh, it's a little, just a little story just to go show you how... So- how so he has dealt with these sorts of issues before. So. Yeah, I mean, the book has been running for so long. It's kind of weird how things go, you know, cyclical like that. And in the real world, you know, these same issues are coming up. And, you know, Eric kind of addressed this back in 92. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and in some ways, Savage Dragon has never shied away from its political roots. Well, not yeah. roots, but its political. It, it sometimes dips its toes into politics. Right. You know, especially during the election arc. Right. And you've never and he's old, and Eric's never been afraid to like poke fun at Bill Clinton or George Bush or even Barack. Well, actually, he hasn't poked fun at Barack Obama much, although he could if he wanted to. But he did um, have him in the pages. He so. did have him. There. He's not afraid to show his leanings or, right. or write a story. So, I mean, if it plays into the story in some way, I mean, sometimes it could like um, remember War and Terror. Yeah. Yeah, and how he was like a racist, and he was like going around you know, like attacking Muslims. Yeah, I thought that was a little ham-fisted, a little bit. A little heavy-handed. A little heavy-handed. Uh, based on the stuff coming out of Malcolm's mouth about how we're all equal and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I believe all that, of course, but it just seems like you know when your superhero is punching a guy, spouting that sort of stuff, it just seems a little, uh, little, little thick. Uh, I mean, one of the covers of Savage Dragon had. Dragon punching out George Bush, albeit he was the imposter. He was the imposter at the time. But still, I mean, it's still like your cover of your book has got your hero punching out the president, which is kind of crazy. I mean, it's something you'd nev- definitely never see in a, you know, a corporate big two book. I mean, they only it, punch Hitler. Yeah, I mean, it could be off-putting to, you know, half the population of the U.S. But that's the cool thing about Eric. I mean, he's just gonna do what he wants to do, you know. And I mean. You know, Malcolm's a young cop now, and so these issues are relevant. So maybe it will play in some point in the future. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not against it. Definitely. So uh, if you don't have any more to add to that. Okay. (laughs) So James Berger wins uh, the limited edition Malcolm and Dart t-shirt illustrated by Raven Perez. So, James, please contact us at savagefincast at gmail.com with your address and shirt size. And to past winners for this, I apologize. I don't think Raven's got all his, the shirts out no, at this I, point. I believe there's been some delay due to some uh, – Yeah, he's he's moving and all his stuff's packed some up. Some stuff's going on. We, we will yeah. – my guarantee is – you will have your shirts by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm hopefully before that. I've, I've talked to Raven. He's trying to get his stuff together, and, and he'll be back on the but podcast. If you haven't week. got your shirt, we know you haven't got your shirt. We will get you your shirts when we can. Yep. We yep, have definitely. your addresses. We know where you live. 
That's not so, right. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> just to add, um, you know, for uh, just remember, send your questions and opinions to savagefincast at gmail.com. If your interest, entry is selected as the new question of the month, you will win the, the limited edition T-shirt this year. Um, and also everyone who submits their opinion or – uh, on the previous episode's question or just has a general comment related to the podcast, we'll most likely get their response read on the podcast because we like reading mail and, and discussing. We, we do like reading mail. Um, so it helps we, fill we, the, the dead air. Yeah. And we had we, we did get a, a deluge of questions towards uh, the end of this month. So, and since um, uh, we didn't have any news, we might as well do another. Yeah, let's, let's do a few more. You want to pick one that, that you uh, – uh, Let me grab one. I – had it and i of course closed it <laughs> i'm a doof uh i like the one by and of course i oh you know what it's on the facebook that's why i missed it going back to the facebook was it matt hickman who would you yeah, like, it was like matt to cross hickman. over with yeah who would you like dragons to cross over with so it was now, Matt in the past, Dragon has crossed over with many, many superheroes. I mean, he's crossed over with Hellboy and the Ninja Turtles. Superman. And, and the Max. Superman that one time, um, or that two times, now I think about it. Um, Bomb Queen. I mean, up in that's right. <laughs> Prism. Uh, uh, tons, tons. I mean, just that wedding alone with all those characters showed up. <laughs> well, if we would like to do a full-on crossover, like yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole issue dedicated to it, not just like a one-off panel gag or something right my number one is and probably always will be judge dread that would be cool just because they're both from the cop angle right um the closest we've gotten so far we've actually gotten pretty close twice and it's, it's actually pretty funny how how weird this this is do you remember savage dragon martial law yes martial law is by Pat Mills and um, uh, what's the artist? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen guy. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, O'Neill. Uh, yes. Shoot, I should not be forgetting his name. He's a legend. Not Kevin. Kevin O'Neill. That's it. Thank you. Um, they're martial. They're of course guys who have worked at 2000 AD. They've both worked on Judge Dredd. In many respects, Martial Law is Pat Mills's independent Judge Dredd character. Because he's like a cop in like a twisted superhero future. Yeah. So being written and drawn by two guys associated with 2080 Judge Dredd is pretty close mm-hmm. to Judge Dredd crossover. Not yeah, quite. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. The other close we got to was remember during the conclusion of Twisted Savage Dragon Funnies? That was written by uh, Joe Keating and it was drawn by an assortment of guys. Yes. Yes. There was a short. There was a one. There was a series of like one-page shorts where Dragon's mind is is jumping between dimensions. Yes, I remember in, that. In one of the worlds he lands in, he becomes Robo Dragon, which is like <laughs> it, in the far future of like I can't remember if it was like Mega Chicago One or something. Right. That was drawn by a guy who's also a 2000 AD guy, um, Simon Simon Fraser, Simon Fraser, mm-hmm. who. And, of course, the, the Robo-Dragon character is kind of a send-up to both RoboCop and Judge Dredd. So we've come oh, close. We've come close twice. Now we just need the real deal. <laughs> and I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a... 
I know some Judge Dreads, but I mean, like I said, just for the fact that the whole cop angle and I think that would be neat. It would be. I don't think I've ever seen Eric draw Judge Dredd at all. I've, I've asked him several times. He's he's always turned me down. Yeah, I don't think he's a fan. He doesn't. He probably, doesn't know the character. He, he yeah, doesn't like right. he doesn't like drawing what he doesn't know. Yeah. So I'd yeah. have to go to a convention with like um, reference Photo material record, yeah. and yeah. cash in my pocket. Yeah. It's one day. One day. I would say for me, uh, it's probably pretty obvious, but I think it would be cool to see. You know, a Dragon Spider-Man crossover just because they're both the two best-known characters. I don't think they necessarily mesh that well together, but just to see. But but Spider-Man Malcolm, I think. Yeah, would that's go true. Together really well. Or even the the new Spider-Man. Uh, uh, what's the? Oh, uh, Miles Morales. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that yeah. would actually make for an interesting. Uh, but I know Eric's not that. Like again, another character. He's not too familiar with so right um, um of course we had that invincible spider-man crossover a long time ago yeah that was neat. that was really neat that they did especially that. the way they tied it into the uh ongoing image uh invincible story arc at the time right right i also think maybe even a batman dragon just because dragons teamed up with superman it would be kind of cool to see him team up with another heavy hitter and you could get the whole yeah gotham police angle you know P- gotham pd or something like some kind of cross investigation with the chicago pd or has that. eric ever had any extended exp- uh, uh um um inner uh sorry what's the word i'm looking for extended um drawing of batman writing or drawing of batman he just uh, he did that one cover with batman superman cover um for an issue of Superman, I think. Yeah. And he's done a lot of commissions of Batman that I've seen. Right. But I don't think he's ever done anything. Like directly with Batman. No, I don't think so. Hmm. And then I would say lastly, not to hog up all this time here, but I think of all of it, my favorite would be to see a dragon Olmac, like the Kirby Olmac. Oh, Two yes. guys with Mohawks, you know, dr- you know, Eric doing his Kirby riff. I think yeah, it would be cool. That would be that would be cool. I don't know. I don't know enough about Omac. Um, Omac I, is a fun I, series. I only like, know the really the I know I know the modern one. Uh, yeah. With the whole brother eye thing and yeah yeah no it, and that, that's all a take on the original yeah. but it's different. Yeah, and the key the Keith Giffen uh, uh, series back from New Fifty Two started. Yeah. That that it, I, that I heard was pretty good. That was more based on kind of like on the older yeah. one. Um, but I definitely suggest. Reading uh, the trade, they have in hardback and paperback now. Uh, Jack Kirby's Omac trade, which is only like seven issues before it was canceled. Really, was that short? Yeah, and, and it ties up pretty well. It, it's it's really neat. It's really got a lot of cool fun. It's it's based in the future and it's got a lot of cool concepts. Oh, it takes place in the future, so it's not, oh yeah, yeah, it's not a regular DC. It's, it's very weird. It's like you know, Commandy kind of takes place in the weird apocalyptic future and right. so it's like Omax kind of like the other end of that where like technology is more in the forefront. Huh. So, anyway, that was that. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to do another one, one more before we move on or It's up to you, Craig. Do you want to do one more? Uh, I will. Let's see. Let's look at what we have. There was one question by – oh, Tony Sullivan asked, uh, why is Malcolm so darn 
potent. <laughs> Dragon Senior banged a billion broads and only managed to knock up one. Uh, let's not answer that here because I think the the two o five issue two o five, which we'll we'll review uh, in detail on this episode, will kind of help answer this. You know, I, I think there's a lot of the, a lot of this is answered in this. I, ca- this I issue. can't. I can't remember. Did he did he go on his little uh, sex adventure before or after he got fixed? Uh, you talking about Dragon? Dragon, yeah. I remember. Um, I can't remember if it was. I think after. I think it was kind of before and after, but was I think a lot more was before. Okay. Because a lot more was before because he was with a bunch of gir- women, and then uh, he was with Rapture, and that's when he got sent to hell, and he got all messed I guess, up. Yeah, and his junk got cut off or something. Right, and that that's it that, grew back. It was it was fixed right. or something. I don't know, but uh, it is weird because that 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 you know Jennifer never had another kid with him. The because the uh, the amount of implied consummation. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I don't think Malcolm's as potent as you know originally thought, especially after reading this new issue, which we'll go into. That's true. Uh, cool. So, uh, thanks again, guys, for, yeah, for writing in. Uh, remember for the future, send your questions and opinions to savagefincast at gmail dot com. And uh, maybe now we should get to the to the meat of the episode, as we say. <laughs> so, so uh, right off the bat, I'm still not super thrilled with the color palette on this cover. The I don't know, I don't know. The pinkish. Uh, yeah, it's more like salmon. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. It, it just—it's it, got this muted palette, which over, which is fine. It's just this—it just doesn't work with me. It just—I don't know what he was going for. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was like an old like prom program or poster or something. I don't know. I—I I think it. I like it. It's okay. It's different. You know, it catches your eye. I think. Um, I do like the pose. I think the pose. Oh, the is pose good. is good. Yeah, I mean the the, the line art is great. It's just yeah. the palette. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's okay. I'm not gonna complain, but um, I do think it's definitely different. Sticks out in the stands. Um, what do you think about the whole uh, experiment? Did you notice that going I, on? I definitely it's hard noticed not it. To. I definitely noticed it, but I did not expect it. Yeah, I don't think he mentioned anything about it beforehand. Nope. It just, it just sort of, you just sort of, you started reading it, and then you just kind of started noticing it. So you had the one tall panel to the left of each page, and then like, so it was a tall kind of, would you call it like a vertical panel yeah, almost? Yeah, kind of like a, a vertical, like a, a, a third of the page. And then most of the pages had like five horizontal, almost like a stepladder. Yeah, five or six. Yeah, some yeah. of them get split. Yeah, yeah. Smaller panels, but for the most part, yeah, it's like it's on a it's a six panel grid. Um. Oh wait a minute. Is what? this the? No, he already did the 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 one about having six panels with one establishing shot. That was another issue, wasn't it? Yes, that was. Because that's also this, in that you have six panels with one establishing panel. Yeah, no, that's that's not this. He never mentioned. It. I don't think he mentioned anything about this. Interesting. I wonder if it spun out of that. He, this was like another another experiment with that. Yeah, I don't know. 
but it was neat, and we can talk about it as we go, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I um, what was I gonna say? I, he's he kind of like goes back and forth between like scene images and like standalone character images. Yeah, I, I think you know as you go along, so you you turn these pages, and the left is almost like most of them are like standalone character issues, uh, character images, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They almost kind of look like uh, character portraits for like uh, like for a handbook. The only yeah, the only thing I wish that Eric would have done with this is kept everyone to the same scale. Because if you notice, like some, like if you look at the Malcolm one, I feel yeah. like he looks he's a little tiny. smaller. Yeah, right next to Angel, who's like most most of the size of the page. Yeah, yeah, or Tierra, who's like you. So everyone looks, you know. Like, Tierra and uh, Maxine look like they're in the same scale, but then Angel looks huge, Malcolm looks small, maybe uh, Dart looks to scale, and everyone else looks kind of to scale, maybe not Willie. Yeah, but Willie he's, a, little, he's but, a small man anyway. Yeah, but uh, I wish he would have kept everyone to scale. I think it would have worked better, but hey, what do I know? I'm not the artist. Um, I'm looking at this... Um See all the uh, all the all the uh, the tall panels are on the on the left. Yes. I kind of think it would have been an interesting to like have on the left page have the tall panel on the right and on the right page have the tall panel on the left so they're like connected at the gutter. Yeah, but I think what happens with that is that it gives you an impression that the characters are like in the same room. Like oh, I don't think it would work. You're right. Yeah, that wouldn't work quite as well. Yeah. So, I guess you know, so we start things off with uh, where things left off last issue. Yeah, the room's been ransacked. We pretty much know that gossip rag. Do we know that at this point, like, or we will know that gossip rag is the, actually the guys, and we kind of knew that. But well, we know we know Tierra said, "I know where to find it. I'll get it." And we, I think, we're assuming that Tierra was the one who went and got it, went and rummaged through everything. Yeah, yeah. But um. Maxine's certain that it cannot be recovered. Right. And, and we saw them throw the, the disc in the fire. So Right. The sex uh, tape on the fire. Um, one thing, did you notice the, the guy in Duder doll on the floor? I you know, you did know, now, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the one thing, actually, we're on like 41 episodes of this podcast now. We've never talked about guy in Duder? No, I think we have, but... At some point, it's like, how many times do you talk about guys like John Day or Guy and Duder for the audience? And yeah, I don't really, uh, I actually don't really know a lot about Guy and Duder. They were kind of like they're just like a before my time running gag that yeah, I've seen, but it doesn't seem to be as prevalent as like John Day. So for the listeners, who, pow tacos, <laughs> right? For the listeners who might be just jumping in on our podcast, uh, haven't been with us all together, and might not heard us talk about Guy and Duder. We did talk about them in the episode when we talked about like reoccurring in jokes, but Guy and Duder, um, there's a doll on the ground next to the, the teddy bear, uh, I think on the second page, and it's like the little guy with like the gap tooth, like the buck teeth. I don't know which one it is, Guy or Duder, um, but that's kind of like Eric's itchy and scratchy in the Savage Dragon universe. Like in the earlier issues, they're always on TV, and I don't know if like Horridus was watching cartoons in right. the background. Or... I've got a hardcover, I think, with a sketch of them in it. Maybe. Oh, really? Or like maybe it's maybe it's that um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the numbering page, whatever that's called, 
the, the there'll be there'll be a page with a pinup and it'll have the number for the hardcover. Oh, the the tip sheet or whatever. Yeah, whatever that's sheet. called. Yeah, yeah. I think Guy and Duder's on one of those. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's just like a little kind of in kind of I, I don't know if you call it in joke, but it's like one of Eric's little characters that pop up from time to time. Same with this John Day character, the guy with the mustache and glasses and bald head that seems to die in the background in every issue or something, or at least pops up. But as this pod, like, I guess what I was saying as a podcast reaches 41 episodes, it's like, how many times, you know, do we keep on explaining it? Or, you know, I struggle with that sometimes, but I don't know. I guess if there's anything we ever talk about that you, the listener, uh, don't understand all, you can always feel free to write into us and we'll explain it more, you know, or if we explain it too much, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut the hell up. <laughs> all right. So anyway, their, uh, their house is ransacked and, and then they cut to the scene where, uh, Tierra is, uh, talking to Willard Willie Williams, who is kind of taking the place of our Richard Richards in, in, in the, the book is. Hopefully he won't make the same mistakes and build <laughs> and get himself arrested. Yeah, so uh, he's an all-around sleaze. Oh, bag. he's a sleaze ball. So basically he took our information and ransacked uh, Malcolm's and Maxine's apartment and isn't she's not getting a dime out of it. So serves her right, though, because she's kind of a bitch. Did you notice this issue? There was a lot of those graphic T-shirts or ironic T-shirts that Eric's kind of been going a little crazy of these now since uh, uh, Kill Cat sported his uh, what was it? What what T-shirt was it? Nickelback T-shirt. <laughs> a couple. Well, episodes. it's a little bit of flair. I mean, it's a little bit of uh, character to things. I mean, uh, I mean, it's got to be a pain in the ass to keep it consistent through the panels. But uh, I mean, what does this say? This says. That's so a, bears? No, go bears. Oh, go bears. So Maxine is wearing a shirt that says go bears, Sheesh. and it's got one bear mounting another one. And the funny thing is, if you, I looked this up online. I just typed in go bears because I wanted to see where, obviously, Eric got the graphic from somewhere. So if you type in go bears on an image search on Google, you'll get like the, the t shirt design. And I think Eric was going for bears as in Chicago Bears. Right, the football but, team. Yeah, but if you look, that shirt's blue and yellow and that where that logo is from is actually from uh the university of california golden bears really? so yeah that's kind of funny because well, you know the chicago bears are she could, orange she, and blue she, she could be a fan i mean I, <laughs> yeah her parents might be originally be from california yeah, yeah yeah but i thought that was kind of funny um i do think it's weird you know the one thing on the scene tiara is kind of she's all happy that she's pregnant which is crazy to me but uh, it seems like she's more happy because now Tierra no longer has a one-up on her in terms of carrying a Malcolm's baby. And she's so optimistic about not being ripped in half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rex will deal with it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Science will solve everything. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, more babies, of course. We got we got uh, Angel fretting about the future. Talking to our old good buddy, um, shit. What's his name? Um, Anne's husband. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of his name too. Uh, so forget uh, him. Brad, or it's not Brad. It's Larry Bradford. It's Larry Bradford, who 
do we recall his old his nefarious schemes that have not yet bore fruit? What? Remember? Oh, to try to um, immortal life. Yeah, remember how he was speculating way, way back when 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 Mighty, guys, when Mighty Man went on a rampage. He found out about the little wise guys, and he wanted to. He, he started thinking thoughts about what that means for his family. Yes, I got. And he's talking this. about it here too again. So obviously he's still on his mind. Oh, that's right. He's like he's like the foremost expert on immortal blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's. He's in this reality, Ann Stevens' husband, and Betty Bradford's his daughter, who's Mighty Man, right? Recall now, who I think at this point, how old, you know? Who? How old is? Uh, oh, she's got to be like daughter. five now. Yeah, she's still baby. She's still young. Last time first appearance of Savage like, Dragon, one seventy. One seventy. That's almost. 34 issues ago, so that's almost two or three years. She's got to be like five oh. or six now, man. Yeah, I want to say she was like two back then. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's, he works at Hillman Hospital, of course, and that's where uh, Angel is in this, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, she she's, uh, she's of course, talking about wanting to get rid of the baby or just confirm whose it is. Right. You know... You feel bad for her. She's in a sticky situation. And she still doesn't know if it's Daredevil's or, or Malcolm's. Malcolm's. And it sounds like we'll never know if things play out the way it seems like they're playing out. And he, I think she goes through with it because later in the episode, Frank's consoling her. But I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if that's clear. But um, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, like, the main thrust of this issue is that the prom is happening, and Malcolm doesn't know if he wants to go to the prom. Right. I don't think he does, and he gets convinced, they convince, uh, his friends convince him, and I think Maxine convinces him. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, his argument about not going makes sense. I mean, he's already got a girlfriend, a living girlfriend, got a baby on the way. I mean, what is, what does the prom possibly offer? Right. Right. Who knows? But um, everyone talks him into uh, it's not really about him. I mean, it's not really about him. It's about everybody else getting a chance to spend time with him. Right. Because, um, you know, because he's famous and he's the most famous pe- person these people will probably ever get to know. Right. So it, he's doing them a favor. He's, he's doing his presence does them a favor. And that leads us to this, uh, I guess, this guy who's not ever named, this uh, Vicious Circle goon. His plan, he's not, he's not very, uh, he really wants to be in the Vicious Circle. He's, he just doesn't want to be a grunt. He wants he wants a place in the Vicious Circle. So the funny thing here, so he's talking to Dart. Does she just always walk around with that sword in her hand? <laughs> I, I'd assume so. It's the God Sword that cuts through anything. You can't put it yeah. down; it'll just fall through the earth. <laughs> yeah, just put it on a table, and it just slices through the table. It's got to be really annoying. <laughs> um. So yeah, this guy who looks like he's kind of got uh, got that whole Uglies Unlimited look. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big eared, spike headed, yellow troll guy. I don't know. Shirtless. <laughs> he's just you know strong and a bit pig-headed thick yeah so you know as long as he if he can get the head of malcolm dragon dart will 
let him in the inner circle. Of course, I don't think she believes that he could do it. Yeah, he probably took. She probably took one look at him and said, "Okay, let's get rid of this guy." Yeah. Feed him to Malcolm. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I don't know. It's not the best plan. Yeah. Did you notice on now they cut to the next scene or? It's kind of a weird scene, like Malcolm and Maxine are like rock climbing or I something. I don't know where he's rock climbing in Chicago. <laughs> I don't know. The dude can leap like, you know, miles, so I'm sure they could kind of get out to wherever. I don't know a lot about Illinois, but I, I always assumed it was flat. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, The funny thing is, you look at Maxine's shirt between the two pages that she's on. And it says, I'd rather be fisting. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah, it's not, I'd rather be fishing. Oh. Again, I looked this up to see where he got the graphic from. And it says, I'd rather be fisting. But it's supposed to look like fishing. It's supposed to be silly. Ha ha. Are you like squinting? I can feel you squinting your eyes. Oh, I'm squinting. It's... Uh... <laughs> I like I I like the return of the big mouth, the big yeah that's big something angel we haven't mouth. seen yeah yeah like they used to do that all the time when Angel was had doll eyes <laughs> with a little tiny tongue. Frank Jr. He he dresses like Mister Rogers these days. He's a professional. <laughs> Sounds sweater, like sweater, a, sweater vest never goes out of style. Yeah, yeah. so. Sounds like Angel, like he's really happy to see Angel and Angel's going back to him and they're going to uh, work out their past differences and maybe get back together and sounds like she needs like a shoulder to cry on or someone to lean on on this. So. I like how she just lays in, lays it all on him. Yeah, yeah. And we get to see Thunderhead. This, this whole issue is pretty cool in terms of... Uh, just getting to see a ton of uh, people we don't different characters, see. yeah. And I think uh, Savage Dragons always. I know sometimes it gets people complain that it gets, or even Eric complain that it gets to a point where it's too little about the main character because of all the supporting cast, right? But I, I think Dragons always at its best as a comic when you got a lot of different subplots and a lot of different characters kind of moving throughout the pages and interacting. I enjoy that part. Yeah, I got to like, agree. I think it's the the comic is that it's sometimes it's least interesting when Malcolm or Dragon are the focus. Cuz honestly, in a lot of respects, those two characters are not the most interesting in the book. They're yeah, they're, yeah. they're yeah, they're kind of there to be the guy who, you know, punches the dude. And 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 gets tough when the going gets tough, but it's the characters around them that kind of make it. Yeah, look. no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I you see that a lot in TV shows. You know, look at like Seinfeld. You know, it's like the characters around him that are really, you know, the over the top ones or, right. or the crazy ones or How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you ever watched that show. And you're, you're kind of the lead character is kind of the more the straight and narrow, and it's always you get the extremes around them and that helps make the whole the whole book or the whole sitcom or whatever. So I can definitely see that. Um, we get to see uh, Malcolm's, I guess you call him half-brother, Thunderhead. Right. 
and he's cool. He's wearing a Misfits t-shirt. Is that what that a, is? I I, yeah. I couldn't figure. I couldn't ID it. Yeah, it's the I, Misfits. Uh, it's the Misfits skull for those listening that may have not be looking at the skull guys wearing a skull on this chest. Yeah. Oh, that he's a skull guy. Yeah, and I like I like this scene because it's Maxine flirting with Thunderhead. She's like a she's a real big flirt, and she she's a cool character like that. She's really aggressive, which is kind of cool to see like uh, female characters like that. Um, and she's uh, really flirting with Thunderhead here. I don't know. It almost feels like he's she's teasing him more than she should. You think so? Yeah, telling him that all the girls go for badasses, and, and he doesn't get a lot of luck in that department. <laughs> He's got a big Skeletor head. Poor guy. Yeah. But it's cool to see him. Um, I'm glad that Eric's kind of keeping him around. And I I think I've said this in the past, but I really enjoy hero characters that don't look like heroes. Right. So, you know, he he looks like the typical villain. Skull, you know, thunderbolts on, you know, lightning bolts on his head. And here's a here's a case of where I kind of want to see this guy going out and doing the superhero thing. Yeah, but yeah. he's but he's you know trying to live the straight and narrow, washing dishes. Yeah, you can yeah. wash dishes and beat up criminals, Thunderhead. Come on. Right. Just take a cue from Rock. He got with Widow. <laughs> he got ladies, and he was a big rock. And he washed dishes at his diner. And he washed dishes and <laughs> grilled burgers. So, <laughs> look at this idiot. I was pretty excited this episode to see the return of a character we haven't seen in years. Uh, the mustache guy? <laughs> yes. Wait, The mustache really? guy. Shame on you for not knowing his name. You don't know who that is? I, I don't. Have you ever seen him before? I there's been a lot of mustache guys. He is he wasn't like one of Sebastian Khan's goons, was he? Yes, yes. Really? He was he's the See, he you was know, one, you he know. He was one of the monitor you guys that monitored Dragon while he was yes, on the run. Yes. Really? Roger Byrne. Wow. Roger I, I did not, Specs Byrne. I did not realize. Look him up in the Savage Dragon wiki page. Uh so actually for anyone that's listening that haven't heard us talk about this in a while, there is a Savage Dragon wiki, and you can almost every character is listed in there with a brief description and where they've appeared. The most um, obscure. Yeah. So Roger Specks Byrne first appeared in Savage Dragon 86 and last appeared in Savage Dragon 92. And remember, he was, like you said, Sebastian Khan, Cyberfaces, one of his scientists and. I think issue 86 opens up with him and another scientist just chatting. Yeah, talking Dragon about Dragon's just got, definitely dead. Yeah, yeah, he just got vaporized in one of those fire pits. Yeah, that was like the first issue I ever read. Really? I want to say that was in 90. Well, there you go. Like this guy should hold some real sentimental value for you, for you seeing him come back like that. So now it's like it looks like he's up back on the straight and narrow. Just oh, I think regular. he's fall. He's 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 going down the world just a little bit. <laughs> Although you gotta imagine he was working for Khan more as a survival thing because of how bad things were. And now he's working for Gossip Rag. <laughs> Sebastian Khan doesn't give good references. Ah, uh, what a jerk. Yep, Roger Specks Burn, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool though. Nice tip of the hat. He, Eric could have made a new character and 
Besides, we never would have known. <laughs> I I just I just remember looking at that and I was like, God damn, that guy looks familiar. And I was like, ah, could it be? I was like, no. Yeah. I look up on the wiki and I'm like, gosh darn. It's it's that dude. Then we get a taste of the most well well as well. What we find out here, of course, is that there is no sex tape. It's gone. Which is actually a surprising twist because I totally expected it to get out there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I I, 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 I was certain that this was going to be a big thing. Yeah, I thought when we are going back before we'd seen uh, 204 where it was Angel punching Malcolm on the cover that it had gotten out and that was the result. Yeah. But yeah, it looks Eric's really good about you know leading you in one direction and then switching it up. Yep. So uh, sorry, Willie, not happening. And of course, you know, we get this scene with Malcolm at the at the prom, and you know, it wouldn't be Savage Dragon if there wasn't a fight scene in the book. So yeah, this wasn't the best executed plan there, uh, Yellow Horn, big eared guy. Yeah. I, I like how he, why they even let him in the door. Because he dressed up, man. He dressed up. He's a plus. Someone's plus one. Can't discriminate against freaks in Chicago. Operation yeah, you, Urban Storm. You can if they can't aren't we talk about this? You, you, you can't. You can if they are not students of your school. <laughs> uh, maybe he just pushed his, his way in, you know? Yeah. But. But this this fight scene we do get is this the first time we've seen uh, Maxine's her force field bubble? First time in action. Yeah, so that's cool. She, of course, she goes, she, men- she mentions it earlier in the issue, so it kind of, yeah, we're, we're kind of reminded that she has it, which is a good storytelling kind of cue. Like, yeah. You know. Um, it's cool because he goes to grab her and he just kind of gets bounced off it. So I, I I think it's really cool that Eric introduced that. Cause like I said, I think last uh, episode that uh. It's a good way of being able to let her stay close to Malcolm without us having to worry or without it being too unrealistic that she never gets harmed, you know? Right. So You should, you should give her more um, force peel, field powers. Which but makes you wonder, wonder why, you know, on the other hand, though, like, shouldn't Malcolm just have one? Yeah, <laughs> so why doesn't Malcolm attention. have one? <laughs> why doesn't everybody have one? Right. You don't ask those questions. Why, why hasn't Rex completely changed the world so that, that no one ever gets hurt ever? <laughs> uh, so I guess, you know, there's that scene and it seems like Frank and Angel are leaving the hospital. And uh, they said, you know, it's all over. You did the right thing. So I guess she did get the abortion. So yeah, you would pretty much tell. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll never know, you know. What Only when she doesn't give birth in nine months, I think it'll become pretty obvious. Yeah. No, I'm just saying we'll never know whose kid it was. Oh, or... well, no, yeah, definitely. Well, you say that. We don't know who might have interest in in in, in superhuman ziggurat. <laughs> there you go. Because we've got we've got plot lines about abducted babies. Right. Who knows what's going on? Right, right, right. Of course, speaking of those abducted babies, this is where things get established that there sure are a lot of dragon babies floating around right now. Yeah, so we get to see Lorella again. We haven't seen her. We haven't seen her in like a year, like since before 200. 
so my question with this is the US government has seen how much destruction Dragon caused and yet they're okay with basically Lorella raising a army of Krillian creatures. <laughs> I want to know who's paying for all these kids. Yeah, right. That's true too. It is kind of questions. You, you got to wonder if someone's financing this or if she sold like alien technology to like fund it or who knows? It just it seems like a lot of resources going into it and you got to wonder where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. But it's good to have Lorella back. I I've actually been kind of uh missing her a lot cuz I think she she adds like a like another angle to like the whole Malcolm Dragon relationship. Right. Um just because she's a member of the same species and that she's an alien and she's the last of her kind, well, second to last of her kind. I guess right. if you include Dragon. Yep. Yeah. But it I does totally. seem like a pretty big operation. So Definitely. Yeah, I mean, in that picture alone, there's like eight <laughs> or something like that, eight little Krylon babies, and I'm sure it's way more massive than that, that one panel. Yeah, and she, uh, of course, says that she's old, getting old and that she's not going to be able to keep doing this forever, but so she's going to, this is her primary focus for as long as she can. Right, right. I don't know, it still seems like, uh, still seems like it's almost impossible to try to repopulate. When they're all the same mother and father, there's like a whole bunch of problems with that. There'll be all sorts of albino dragon baby. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, the form fins. Yeah. I mean, I think I've read somewhere that you need like 10 or 20,000 people to have a diverse enough gene pool to like restart or a species. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's going to be all these like inbred dragon babies with like bizarro IQs. So yeah. you're just going to have like. 30 bizarro dragons drooling, running around. I guess it'll ultimately depend on how, what happens when they breed into the human population. Right, right. Wh- which side will be more dominant. Or if Lorella yeah. will even allow that. Because the whole point is to get purebreds. I have no idea where, where Eric is going with that storyline, and it it's weird to me. So it'll be interesting to see how, how, it, how he moves it along. It almost—it's almost kind of funny how it kind of parallels what's going on in Invincible with the Viltrumite babies. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think here with uh, the scene with uh, Willie from uh, Gossip Rag and Tierra, where he's like, you know, obviously he realizes there's no tape, and now he wants to go back to her and talk to her and get her story about. Uh, Malcolm's love child or whatever and she's like you know there is no kid it's bullshit do you believe her or do you 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 know what I mean because it could be either way I mean it can go either way she could be telling the truth or she could just be I mean she's definitely trying to get rid of it because she's denying both she's denying having any relationship with him at all now yeah so you gotta wonder if she's trying to protect herself or protect Malcolm or just just to get this guy away from her now or just fuck him because he tried to fuck her. Right. I mean, that would probably be the most sense is that she is pregnant and she's still looking for an angle, but she ain't going to work with this guy anymore. Right. Right. So to go back to Tony Sullivan's question that he asked during the interesting conversations, uh, segment is, you know, why is Malcolm so darn potent dragon senior banged a billion broads and only managed to knock up one? Well, 
there's a good chance also that of you know we, what we thought maybe you'd have three kids he really only has one and you know maybe angels wasn't his kid and maybe tara's not really pregnant you know right so could could, could go i mean it's still up in the air but it's definitely could be it's not as potent as you thought right right um i just want to point out one thing it looks like she's holding a very specific menu but i can't really make it out can you uh, you don't think this is a reference to that restaurant Eric was talking about? Oscars? Yeah. Which is the restaurant he, the burger joint he frequents and draws at? Uh, no, I don't know. I can't tell what it is. All right. I don't know. It just, it looks like it's a, uh, it looks like it's taken from something. Oh yeah, it definitely looks like it's superimposed there on there. like in the rest of the issue with the t-shirt designs yeah yeah i see that uh and of course john day's there in the background so he made his appearance this uh this issue and so that's that so that's that that's savage dragon i mean overall i mean this is a uh, I, I almost want to say the fight scene in this issue kind of was unnecessary it was. It doesn't, but I think, didn't, doesn't really move anything forward. It just felt like having a fight scene for fight scene's sake. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But, it, you know, it's a superhero comic, and it seems weird just to have 22 pages of talking heads, and it's and, kind of a nice and little... And last issue didn't have a fight. Last issue was basically what I... Well, it had a fight between Angel and Dragon. Oh, that's true. I forgot about and, that. And Malcolm, I mean. But, uh... I, I'm all right with it. I, you know, it was only a couple pages. It just breaks it up, gives us a little action. I mean, let's face it. You know, superhero comics are about, you know, fisticuffs and, uh, you know, it's cool to see a fight here and there. Yeah. Um, and then we get this. Uh, yeah. What did you think Mighty of Man backup? Mighty Man back up? So this was originally printed in Big Bang Comics. Yeah, Big Bang Comics number seven, which I don't even remember the year of that. I mean, this is years ago. Now, I believe this was colored by uh, Adam Pruitt. Uh, yes. A friend of the show, and he's been in, I believe he said that he colored it uh, a while back. He's been, and it's been being sat on for a while. Like, it's been ready since before 200. He's yeah. Waiting for an opportunity. I remember him posting, uh, the one of the pages on like Instagram or something like a long time ago. So I think he's just been waiting to put it, you know, find a spot when it could kind of show up. It's kind of a, it's definitely not set in this kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, reality that the main story is because now we know the mighty man, this is the old mighty man, Bob Berman. Well, yeah, this is Billy Beerman, right? Uh, Bob is dad. Really, even that far back? Yeah, yeah. If you read the story, you'll see they talk about. But yes, this is about Bob. So this is, I think, based in the seventies or something like that. Okay. And you can even kind of tell by. I thought Billy Beerman was Mighty Man all the way back to, into World War Two. So I guess this is completely different. Oh, maybe it's Billy. What's the son's name that the grandson's name that took over? Oh, that's um. Bobby. That, yeah, but he doesn't take over because. And Stevens hijacks it. Yes. So he he becomes like a, a villain against her. He briefly became Mighty Man back during that. Um, that was a backup back in like the mid one fifties, where he steals the power away from Anne. 
and then starves yes. himself to death because he's an idiot. Do you remember any of this? Yeah, no, I do, I do. Okay. So I'm pretty sure this is a Billy Bierman story from the 70s. Uh, I'm not sure if it's actually in continuity with you know the, the Mighty Man from Savage Dragon or if Big Bang Comics kind of did its own thing and just kind of used the character as like the, the Captain Marvel type character. Of course, what's interesting about this story is Eric always said that Mighty Man is actually a combination of Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. DC's yeah. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Marvel's Captain Marvel. Yeah. And this story reads more like a Captain Marvel Marvel story. Oh, yeah. I, I Well, yeah, yeah. A Cap, like, this is pure Jim Starlin. Right. Jim Starlin's what I'm looking for. I mean, the, 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 the evil Mighty Man reminds me a lot of... Um, um, like Thanos? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. The, the, the anti-warlock, the... Um, Shoot. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. What the about. hell's his name? I just had it. And it blanked. Um, I want to say Nemesis, but that's wrong. The uh, damn it! I knew what it was ten seconds ago. I'll see if it comes to me. But yeah, he 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 feels more like a. This this reads like a Jim Starlin type. Oh, big time! Even the art sure. is definitely Jim Starlin art, like uh, kind of homage there with the skull in the background. And he gets punched with the. The way the planets look, you know, uh, the the evil mighty man's, uh, even his hologram, whatever bracelet thing looks almost like an infinity gauntlet type device, you know. Yeah. Oh, the Magus. The Magus. Yes. 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 For. Yes. He's like the evil cap. Yes. Well, the evil warlock. Yes. And so, like you said, Adam colored this. The funny thing is, like, if you look at the original Big Bang number seven comic issue, which came out in the nineties, right? Uh, the only thing that was colored was the cover, right? And the evil Mighty Man was flesh colored, so they made the decision to go with the blue, which I think is a good decision. Yeah, when they colored it. But uh, I I love the art because it, it I love when people do a good kind of homage to the style, like I. You know, Big Bang also had a Mighty Man that was like the C.C. Beck style, which right. is really cool. I thought this uh, artist, uh, what's his name? Uh, Darren Goodhart. Yeah, he did an excellent job with that 70s feel. It just, yeah. it really feels like it's something that, you know, I guess was the published blue... in 77 or something like yeah. that. The blue skin's kind of weird, though, since he's supposed to be Mighty Man from the future. And the Mighty Man, you know, the Mighty Man entity, why would he suddenly have blue skin? Uh, it's just kind of, an, kind of an odd thing when you think about it too much. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out. Yeah. So, yeah, um, this is apparently the first half of a two-parter. I think the second half will be next issue. Um I want to imagine that this is one, two, three, four, five pages, so it was probably a ten-page story. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think the next issue is going to finish it. Because it definitely ends on a showdown. Because the the actual Big Bang comic, and I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. I should have busted it out, the original one. Um, they were never, like, the full comic. They were, like, multiple stories. Right. Um. Um, actually, this this uh, this part of the story makes direct reference to when Billy Beerman dies at the hospital, and how it's like a like a like a like a point in history that's like gone wild. Right. So, so he's trying to either correct it or 
I'm not sure if he's like trying to preserve the history we know or he's trying to like cause it. It's a little unclear right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it looks it's an interesting little story. Um, oh, actually, I guess there's six pages, so maybe it was twelve pages long, and it's to be continued. So actually, maybe maybe it ran in two different issues. I just know there's more coming. I'm ninety percent sure there'll be another second half next issue. So yeah, I'm babbling. <laughs> yeah, no. So it is a fun. It's a fun story. I mean, without going page by page and giving everything away. Yeah. Did um, you read Big Bang Comics? Are there a lot of these Mighty Man stories? This is the only one in this style. There was a few C.C. Beck ones. I think Eric, I can't remember if he reprinted it in issue 25 or 50. Oh, okay. Or both. Uh, he reprinted those, and those are really awesome if you like that C.C. Beck kind of cartoony style. Like that artist, and uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he did an awesome take on C.C. Beck, and unfortunately he passed away. And, oh, uh, it's going to kill me that I can't remember his name, but he passed away, I think, a couple years ago because I was really hoping to see another maybe backup by him, but it's not to be. Um, but uh, like I said, this this gentleman uh, does a great Jim Starlin uh, 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 take, uh, Mr. Darren Goodhart. So. Really cool. I enjoyed this. Backup. Do you know if this back cover is previously used or if it's new? Yeah, the, the back cover is the cover. It's it's a little bit tweaked, but it was pretty much the cover of Big Bang Comics number seven. Oh, okay, so they took the Big Bang part off and put Mighty Man's logo up. Yeah, yeah. And for listeners, if you you know do an image search of Big Bang Comics seven, you can see uh, it. It. So he was flesh tone on that cover. Cover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they they changed him to blue for this. Yes. Interesting. I guess that's how you would know he was flesh-toned. Yes, and the Big Bang comics still had the Mighty Man logo, but it said Big Bang comics featuring Mighty Man. I see. And then on the bottom, there was like a little uh, blurb that said, the most cosmic battle of all time, Mighty Man versus Mighty Man. I see. And that Mighty Man on the cover of the original uh, Big Bang comics well i guess he has it here too is the white hair which is kind of more is didn't that magus the, the anti-warlock have the white hair too yeah he had blue skin white hair yeah so i think that's what they were going for you think you're right there definitely so yeah cool also cool. he's got spock ears so that's new too yeah yeah so that's weird yeah. so uh real quick uh then, the funnies page yeah yeah we get um uh simon uh Millette. Uh, St. Pierre. St. Pierre. He uh, taking a break from the average dragon. Yes, yes. Uh, he gave us our pal Thunderhead, which is kind of a funny take on Thunderhead. The whole thing with him not having lips, I enjoyed that. Um, some of these other ones, I don't know. I maybe I'm just a dullard. You're, I don't you're, know. <laughs> you're, you're an old man, Craig. We 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 forgive you. You're not <laughs> down with the, the children. Gosh is dead. I. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, the time travel is pretty funny, but, uh, I, I still think it's cool that we get strips, but I guess no, uh, night watchman is not showing up. I don't know what happened there. Well, we got mighty man instead. So yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. The night watchman strip is kind of hard to follow because it's once a month and it's only a few. And it's like, Oh, what happened last month? You know? Right. It's not like we're getting weekly doses. So yeah. 
it's, it's kind of I think it's kind of an odd choice. Uh, I like it, but yeah, it makes it tough on a monthly comic. It does. So that's that. Yep, another issue of Savage Dragon. Overall, it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I I like that the the cast, you know, the story spreading throughout the whole cast. Yeah, I like the art. I like the uh, the panel layout thing. I thought that worked out really well. Yeah, that was neat. Um, so yeah, uh, next episode. Yeah, you want to uh, talk about the solicitation for Savage Dragon two hundred six? Ah, Savage Dragon two hundred six, graduating clash. When you're the son of the Savage Dragon, anything you do is a major media event. So when Malcolm Dragon graduates from high school, it's an all-out it's all out mayhem. It's the event of the century, and you're invited. So Dragon's graduating from high school. So now we go from a battle at the prom to a battle at graduation? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this will basically be his equivalent of the wedding issue. In terms of, like, of, of, a lot of, of guest stars or lot, something? Either guest stars or massive villain attack. Yeah, I have no idea. Could be. Be interesting. Um, if I remember correctly, the cover's got Malcolm in his uh, robes and his hat. Yeah. Which, and actually, is, like is, he, is, he, is, is, is he wearing his hat? I gotta pull this up quick to... I don't s- think he is. Sate my curious... Because how would he wear it? No, I don't think he's wearing it. I think there's just like a hand coming towards him. He's just wearing the gown. So yeah, that's uh, something to look forward to. Um, anything else you want to talk about? I think I'm good. All I right. Think, uh, I think this is a wrap. Uh, it's a wrap. Well, uh, everyone, we hope to, uh, you enjoyed this episode of Savage Fincast. Of course, you can always write us at savagefincast at gmail.com. Um, we are going to be... Um, trying to be on Facebook more. Uh, well, uh, I, I finally figured out how this whole internet thing works and I'm going to try and start <laughs> posting, uh, the Fincast on the, uh, Eric Larson slash Savage Dragon and Savage Dragon fans, uh, fan pages on Facebook, uh, whenever, whenever the episodes go up. So you can follow us on Facebook or you can, uh, follow us on the Savage through our website at savagefincast.com. Cool. Um, and of course, uh, Always don't forget to write. Always don't forget to write. Always don't forget. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. See ya. See ya. The Savage Fincast is a member of the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is part of the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicspodcast.com. Also, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash savagefincast.